I want people to click on it and then I want them to read the first sentence and then I want them to see that it says, if you just pay $1 for... <laughs> By the way, I just click out of those articles when they ask me to pay. <laughs> hey, John, can I have your login? <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode 26. Pull the plug on those playoff hopes. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. My name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We're so happy to have you here with us. Uh, To all the Halo fans out there holding on to uh, staying fans of this team, uh, we're with you. (laughs) Holding on for dear life. (laughs) Yes. We support you, and uh, this podcast is dedicated to you, so... Thank you for joining us. Hold on. And, uh, oh, yeah. For one more day. Hold on for one more day. <laughs> Sorry. The obligatory song. We got to stop right. doing that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, listen, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Um, first things first, we want to make sure that uh, you guys know where to find us on social media. You can follow us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And also, uh, we're part of Around the Diamond a great group of uh, content creators and collaborators who uh, cover tons of teams across MLB, so you can follow them at Around the Diamond. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, would you please take the time to uh, maybe write a review, let us know how we're doing, share your uh, rating with us, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate that feedback. So uh, if if we have uh, delighted you, if you enjoyed this podcast in any way, we'd love to have your feedback. But uh, other than that... I think we get rolling on this one. What do you say? Let's get started and talk about the American League MVP. So Shohei looked fantastic in his last start. Yes, sir. That was his longest outing. He went eight innings. He struck out eight. John, these numbers are fantastic. He's eight and one with a 279 ERA and... Mm -hmm. He hit his 40th home run in that game, and that is the angel record for a left-handed batter passing the great Reggie Jackson. All time. Funny story about Reggie Jackson. I might have shared it before in the podcast, and so if I did, you can ignore the next one and a half minutes. But (laughs) mom and dad never really went to angel games. Yeah. But there was one time dad told me a story about how he and mom and his friend Bud and his wife Jill went to an Angel game, and the only reason why they wanted to go was because Reggie Jackson was on the team, and of course, you gotta go see Reggie, right? Right. And mom, every time they tell this story, and as you know, John, our listeners don't, but you know, that mom and dad will repeat their stories often. (laughs) As mom and dads do. Right. And so mom, anytime dad tells this story, mom will talk about, yeah, and he had his mouth full of like chewing tobacco, and he was spitting (laughs) everywhere, and it was disgusting. (laughs) You know, like every time I could tell you word the same for word, anecdote. Yeah. Word for word. Mom will do that. So there's a little uh, Super Halo Brothers uh, family story for you. Two things. First of all, how how dad is it to have a friend named Bud? Like <laughs> <laughs> every dad has to have a friend named Bud or like Flip. OK, or I got to I got to work on that. I got to work. On that. <laughs> the second thing is you mentioned mom and dad like to retell stories. I'm, I'm a little concerned because I find myself. The older I get, 
telling the same stories over and over again. So, yeah, yeah. So apologies to our listeners if you've heard some of these before. Right, right. Like when mom and dad talked about going to the Angel game, they'd like to go because of Reggie Jackson. Oh, and, right, and- right, right. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard this before? Okay. Uh, anyway, so let's get back to Shohei. Let's get back to our modern day Reggie Jackson. How about that? Yes. So uh, talking about Shohei and how well he did, Mike, We, uh, I took a little poll on Twitter hmm. to determine what is the official name that we're rolling with in terms of Shohei winning a Cy Young Award. Yes. And uh, the results came in, and uh, the overwhelming majority was for Shohei Saitani was the, was the result. So from that's here great. on out, that's great. Shohei Saitani. So obviously, and we've mentioned this the last few episodes, obviously he's the MVP. But John, I'm, I'm going to say, we talked about last week, went into the details of what it would take for him to win the Cy Young and who might be his competition and all of those yeah. things. Listen, if he keeps pitching this way and he is pitching on Wednesday, if he keeps pitching this way and he gets another win, I I think if he gets to 10 wins, he's the Cy Young. And by the way, I don't think it's going to be Lance Lynn if he keeps throwing belts at umpires. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> but you can just tell he was out on those innings. Oh, pitch. he was so irritated and he gives them a glove and the guy calls the and you just see the the belt fly into the umpire. And he just <laughs> well, kind of casually like a, throws like a, them out. Yeah, it was like a soft toss. It was like, "Oh, here you go. Like I'm down in the dugout. Here's my belt." Like yeah. I wonder I if it was, know. was it a here you go? Or was it a like, oh my God, right? <laughs> no, and Lance, it's uh, it's up in the air. Listen, so, like I wouldn't belt. have kicked him out if he did it all in one motion. Like he unhitched it and just kind of, and threw it, you know, and then tossed it. Like, like I'll give him the Cy Young if he did that, right? You know, what's funny is I realized uh, after we had our discussion over the last two weeks about Shohei being a Cy Young contender, suddenly we started seeing the conversation on MLB Network and yeah. other Angels outlets. Yeah. And so they've been talking about it a lot on the broadcast. And, and I think even today there was something about who are the top five candidates in the AL for Cy Young, and, and Shohei was on that list. Yep. So I think that there's a case to be made, and I think that it started right here on the Super Halo Brothers. I believe it did. We are the true fans. We are the fans <laughs> that you can rely on for fan-guided wisdom and insight, and that's why we do this. So he just wanted to put that out there. His numbers are great, and they had a stat if he didn't actually have that one game against the Yankees where he was struggling, yeah. his ERA would be about 2.13. And right. so that, he's, he's having a remarkable year. I think he's got to continue to win. I don't think he can afford a loss if he's going get to get the Cy Young. Probably so not. I think he's got to get it to at least 10 wins and he's got to dominate. And this last this last game was my favorite just because he went eight innings. Like seeing him go eight yeah. innings. And then the, the other thing that, I, that was really fun to watch was my son was uh, walking back and forth through our living room. And he stopped at one point and he said, whoa, he's pitching really well. And then my youngest daughter came in and said, hey, what's like a good pitch count for where he's at? And I said, <laughs> the one he has right now, it was like the fifth inning and he had like 51 pitches. And so that was mm-hmm. remarkable. He averaged about 10 pitches an inning and was looking so smooth and he was striking batters out, which was great. So I think obviously he's the MVP. And so we're just going to keep calling it until it happens on this podcast. Yeah, Shohei Saitani is going to win the MVP and the Cy Young speak yeah, it baby. into existence. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> You know, it's funny is you said he averaged about 10 pitches an inning, but again, he had that first inning struggle where it was like 21 pitches or yes. something, something yeah. like that. He just always has that first inning struggle, but then once he's locked in and ready to go, he just cruises, man. Yeah. So again, no no walks in this one. Uh, another great outing there. Um, and turning around and hitting his 40th home run, 
in Detroit when everybody was expecting Miguel Cabrera's oh, yeah. 500th home run. <laughs> yeah. And I think people were as excited to see Shohei hit one as they were waiting in anticipation to see Definitely. Miguel Cabrera hit one. He so. has been making this year <laughs> one of one of the best years to watch, even though we haven't been a great team, because we could be like the team that we're currently playing, the Baltimore Orioles. Like, there's nothing really to root for, and there's not no. something to be excited about when you're right. watching your team, Baltimore, right? And so that's what's great about watching this team, especially with Shohei, is it's entertaining, it's fun, and you know that he's going to be with us next year, and we can build on this season that he's having. And so that's exciting. MVP, Cy Young for Shohei. Can't wait to see what happens when that vote comes out. Give me Shohei Saitani. Come on. John, I was really disappointed in this news. Your boy, Sandy, uh, went on the IL, and yeah. it was the 10-day IL, but they're saying that he's probably going to be out for the season. But oh, he had boy. a lumbar spine stress reaction. Like, Oh, is, is that all? I, I, don't, I don't even know what that means. It just sounds painful, <laughs> right? It sounds painful. And I was really bummed because he's having such a great year, and yeah. I wanted to see him get four or five more starts under his belt. So... Of course, they have to pivot. They got to figure out what they're going to do. And they decide that they're going to start Jose Quintana. <laughs> Your boy. <laughs> can I just can I just rant for just a moment? Just just a moment. <laughs> Why is he still on our team? <laughs> Listen, I know that we need like pitching help and I know that we need depth and stuff like that. But that's oh, it's just so frustrating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you go from I mean, Sandoval took. Quintana's spot in the rotation yeah. because he was so good and yeah. Quintana was so bad. And and now, I mean, I guess, what do you do? Like, do we have other options? Do we go to a bullpen game? Do we bring somebody up? But nope, we uh, yeah. we go to good old Quintana. I think, you know, Jared uh, Weaver's not doing anything. I think they should just yeah, put, bring at him this back. Point, like, Chuck Finley could, still looks like he could pitch. Like, right. <laughs> Jim Abbott Get could pitch. Out of the booth. Jim Abbott, 16, he could pitch with one hand better than Quintana can <laughs> with two hands, right? So he goes an inning and a third. Yeah. He gives up seven hits, six runs. They bring in sleeves, Aaron Sleggers. Good old sleeves. And, and he struggles. And then as if like angels in the outfield was a real thing, the rest of the bullpen, it just turns the corner. And and I got to think it's because of, of Wants and Warren. And I know Myers was in that as well. He kind of has up and down moments. But I love these two young guys. The rest of the bullpen goes four and a third, no runs, no hits. 5Ks, right? And then the greatest comeback since 1986. Yeah. The Angels are down by eight runs against, ironically, the Tigers, the same team they came <laughs> back from. And then we get a grand slam, and then we get a bunch of home runs and a bunch of hits, and the Angels come back. And, John, I have a question for you. Okay. Who got the game-winning grand slam in that first comeback? Can you name that that player? In 86? In 86, uh, I don't know, man. Dick Schofield. Oh, okay. He was like nice. the original David Eckstein. Yeah, nice. David Eckstein probably had a bit more pop in his bat, but Dick Dickie Schofield was a uh, line drive hitter, kind of like the Gary DeSarcina of the 80s for the okay. Angels. Like, if he wasn't in the lineup or playing short, they struggled. But he had a great glove. He didn't have a great bat, but ironically in that game, he hits a grand slam to win. But yeah. we come back. Eight runs down, they come back and win it, and it was just one of those games where it was like a slot machine, and you just kept winning, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you had that huge home run from Stassi, and then just pouring on the RBIs from 
from all of the youngsters. You got Joe Adele getting in on the action there. So yeah, that was a a, a very impressive comeback, sweeping the Tigers. That felt really good. Yeah. And then we rolled into Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of those wins disappeared. All the goodwill that we had. <laughs> I did like the uh, I did like the game at the Little League World Series field. That was fun. That was cool. That was yeah. fun, but we looked terrible. And I just hate that on national games we look terrible. Although a three nothing loss is probably better than it getting blown out. But right. that was do you frustrating. ever feel do you ever feel like when we have those big games where we come back and, and score twelve runs or whatever, do you ever feel like the Angels are using up their runs yes. all at once oh, and then they run out for the rest. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's what it feels like. I think that I am predictable in those in those games when I'm watching those games. I'm I'm so predictable. I'll I'll yell at the TV like, "Hey guys, save some for tomorrow." Yeah, save some for tomorrow. Because tomorrow we're going to get 3 hits, strike out 28 times and not walk <laughs> at all. And then our pitcher will actually step up and pitch really well and Suarez pitched really well on Sunday night yeah. against the Indians. Yeah. Uh Tristan McKenzie was somebody from from Cleveland that uh, caught my eye. That guy, yeah. just the lankiest, skinniest dude I've ever seen. He's like 20 but, pounds. <laughs> yeah. But he throws 99. Like a, and a breeze could blow him over. But man, he was, these guys were swinging for a Looks breeze. Looks like a young they, Pedro Martinez. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and, and he's had to his struggles in the past, but uh, not this game. Yeah. He looked like a stud. And I think Made the future of that Cleveland rotation is going to be something something to look it's at. It's a factory of pitching in Cleveland. Like, yeah. the fact that they traded all of their great pitchers and then now they have another, another starting round. rotation that's just fantastic. Yeah. So, Take notes, Angels. Right. So speaking <laughs> of good pitchers, they, they called up Jose Marte. He came over in the trade when Sam yeah, Selman. from San Francisco. Uh, with with yeah. Sam Selman, right? And Marte looked great. Like he came up and he struck out four in his debut and they put Quintana back in the bullpen, which he seems to be better in the bullpen than he is in the starting rotation. And the Angels said that they're going to stick with at least a five-man rotation for the next week, week and a half, which is Otani, Detmers, Bundy, Suarez, and Berea. But I love that Marte looked good. And and also... uh, is it Elvis Pagario? Was that the one of the other guys? Uh, Pagaro. Pagaro. He yeah. actually looked good in uh, his outing. I think it was Monday night or Tuesday night. He looked mm-hmm. really good. He went two innings. And so we'll talk about him in just a minute. But the, there was this thing that happened with Marte that seems to happen to all of our pitchers. Like, he got placed on the IL along yeah, with and Sandoval. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Alex Cobb, Joe Madden said, had a setback. And so, John, what is it with this happening all year long. Is it just a bad year? Is it bad luck? Or is there something else going on here? Well, I just think, okay, you, you look at situations, you look at Sandoval with a, a stress, a spine stress issue. I'm sorry. You said that wrong. It's a lumbar spine stress reaction. <laughs> <laughs> the technical term. Yeah. You got Sandy with that issue. You got canning with his back issue, a fracture apparently. Um, Marte, they haven't said why he went on the IL. There yeah. was speculation it was COVID, but Joe Madden didn't confirm that. Okay. Alex Cobb has a uh, wrist setback with his with his wrist issue. It's yeah. just like, man. And then not even just that, but you you've got you've got Justin Upton out again, and now he's got a calf strain, and uh, you've got Mike Trout with his issue all year long. Anthony Rendon's done for the year. It's just it's so frustrating to know that all of these injuries have plagued us all season long, and we just have not been able to be the team that we know that we're capable of. Yeah. It's a miracle that we're floating around 500, which is probably where we will end up. Yeah. But that's because of contributions of, of Shohei doing what he's doing. Um, seeing guys step up like Austin Warren and, 
and Sandoval until he got hurt. But it's really frustrating, man, because we have such potential, and, and just this year has been a complete miss. And it all started with Dexter Fowler tearing his ACL on like a silly slide in the second. That was hard to say. Say that three times fast. <laughs> silly slide in the second. Um, <laughs> tearing an ACL. Uh, but but with, with Fowler's, that injury happening like eight days into the season, yeah. I, I really think, Mike, that they're going back to the COVID season, I think that this was to be expected because okay. you had a lot of players not seeing a lot of playing time unless they were in the majors. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of youngsters just playing inter-squad games and trying to stay in shape, but at the same time, it's it's not the level of competition that you would get when you're competing in the minor leagues. Mm. Um, at the same time, I think that the the necessary conditioning might have fallen off um, because these guys went from going 60 games to 162 games. Sure, sure. And so I, I, I think that there were issues and injuries to be expected this season, but I had no idea that it was going to plague us this badly. And, and it just stinks because you really felt like we were on the precipice of something special, right? perhaps turning it around. We I fully thought Mike Trout and Rendon would be back after the All-Star break. So before the break, it was like, all right, like once we get back from the break, we're going to be rolling, and the rest of the season we're going to cruise, and we're going to be the team that we should be. And it's frustrating because we've made a lot of moves to make this team better. We've brought up the young stars, the guys who are helping us out in the bullpen, like I mentioned, Austin Warren and Andrew Wants and even even Marte. But it's a shame to see that that Marte's hurt and, and, and – I think it just goes back to that Angels bad luck because yeah. Marte has one start or not one start, but one appearance with the Angels and a great injured, appearance injured. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know that the joke has been our pitching is always hurt, but I, I will take whatever's going on with each of these guys any day over Tommy John. Yes. We had so many guys absolutely get plagued yeah. with Tommy John yeah. over the last 10 years that it was so, it was like, what, what's going on in our system? So this is a step in the right direction, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> so where I can say at least it's not Tommy John, but it is incredibly frustrating. Yeah. What say you? Well, I just loved what our boy from Angels Top Plays, Andrew, tweeted out when that announcement came down that Marte was placed on the IL. He, mm-hmm. he gave three letters. He said, WTF, where's the fudge, right? Like he was, he was just like, what's, what's going on here? And I think we all felt that way. Like, oh man, he just pitched really well. So it would make more sense if it might be COVID. And I didn't even, I didn't even consider that, but it wasn't like he's put on the COVID IL. They just said IL. So yeah, they hadn't, they hadn't said what IL or, or what the situation was. So yeah, still a little bit of questioning, a question around that. Yeah. So as we stand right now in the AL West, like with all of these injuries and we just can't seem to get any momentum, John, should we pull the plug on those playoff hopes? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think it's time. I think that <sighs> we should make it official. I think that official, official? there was, yeah, I, I say official, official. I think that we need to move on and okay. we need to look to 2022. I think that there was still a glimmer of hope. But uh, if uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to push the button now. <sighs> okay. um, so take a deep breath. Yep. yep. <sighs> <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the official tapping out of 2021 playoff hopes for the Super Halo Brothers, a Los Angeles Angels podcast. John Frisch. 
Mike Frisch, pulling the plug on our playoff hopes. Painful. John, I was, I, I'm glad I got to spend this moment with you. Uh, there's nobody else <laughs> I'd rather spend this moment with. It was good. It was good. It's done. We did it. It's done. I, can I, now, can I make a couple of vows? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Since, since we're getting really official official here, I vow to not let my hope come back for this <laughs> season because we end up playing like Baltimore or another under 500 team. Right. Right. I vow to not get too excited and say, "Well, there might be a chance." There's All right. A so, yeah. so like, I'm gonna do this the the Spock from Star Trek. I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know do the pledge, I, whatever I gotta do. But <laughs> I'm vowing to not let my hopes start to grow for the playoffs in 2021. I will look to 2022, John. Yeah, honestly, I mean, having given up on 2021. There is so much to enjoy and so much to look forward to. Oh, you got a bad taste oh, in your mouth. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, <laughs> on, 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 in a moment like this where you have to admit defeat, I think it's important to look to the future. I think it's important to look at what's happening with Brandon Marsh. Yes. Joe Adele, who had incredible games on yes. Tuesday, Tuesday night against Baltimore. I know that everybody had an incredible game, yeah. but for those guys, for those guys to have – a little bit of a breakout was pretty great. I mean, Joe Adele, four RBIs tripled, yeah. uh, singled. So he yeah. he was doing a great job. Marsh hitting in some runs. You got guys like uh, Austin Warren. I keep bringing him up because he has been incredible out of the bullpen. And you look to 2022 and you look at what you're going to have next year in a healthy Mike Trout, a healthy Anthony Rendon. Let these guys get their rest. I think even at this point, I know we had this conversation two weeks ago, but I think even at this point, let Trout sit out. I, I don't think that it's necessary for him to come back. I'm, I'm convinced of that now. Yeah. And and like you said, we would have nothing to watch if it wasn't for Marsh, Adele, Otani, and what they're doing on the field and, and just the crazy, incredible season that Shohei is having. But I, I look at stuff like this with, with Sandoval getting hurt. Yeah. And Jose Marte getting hurt. Yeah. And, and Alex Cobb, like Alex Cobb would have been a crucial part of this rotation to help us get to maybe a wild card right, spot. Right. But I mean, with all of these injuries, it's just, uh, there's, you can't have any hope anymore until right. next year. So yeah, I, I, there's a lot to look forward to. I think it's okay for us to pull the plug. We're officially tapping out. And I think it's necessary because our hope lies in 2022. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. So let's look to the future for just a moment. And let's look at, we just talked about some of the young bats. We talked about Captain Caveman, uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Marsh, um, <laughs> which is an old, old cartoon. I don't even know if like many people actually know that reference that is right. under at least 40, <laughs> right? Do you know that reference? Uh, I, I know the cartoon, but I don't think I ever watched it. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's like an old cartoon, like like Looney Tunes Good old, good old Gooby in his references. Yeah, right? <laughs> so let's look at... Uh, Let's look at the bullpen because I think that there's great yeah. potential in that bullpen. We talked about Austin Warren, who I just I don't know. I see Scott Shields in him, and yeah. and Scott Shields was such a great piece for the early 2000s Angels. Um, Andrew Wants he seems pretty consistent, pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Marte, um, Elvis Pagero, 
Um, mm-hmm. I can never pronounce names right. Um, that's why you're <laughs> on the team. He actually right. looks really great in the minor leagues. He's five and two, two ninety ERA, forty nine innings pitched, sixty seven Ks. Yeah, and so he's looking yeah. really strong. Oliver Ortega, that's a name that we haven't talked about and people haven't talked about, but he struggled a bit in the minor leagues. But listen to these numbers, 38, 38 innings pitched, 58 strikeouts. So he's nice. he's throwing some some good heat. And then um, um, Luke Murphy is another name. He's hmm. 21. He's 4-1, 240 ERA. And again, he's doubled his strikeouts over his innings pitch. And then, of course, Sam Bachman's down there. Sam Selman yeah. is currently on the yeah. team. I think that we have a really strong bullpen just just there because right. those names, those guys are strong guys. And that doesn't mean that we can't mix and match and maybe go and get a couple of pieces, but I think that you've got some pieces there that you can bring up and count on. I think you got to get rid of everybody in that bullpen that yeah. <laughs> started this year except for one, right? and that is Rizel Iglesias. Yeah, and there is one Twitter account, and I don't know that I don't know the handle, but there is one Twitter account that at least once a day is an Angel fan and tweets. You know what today would be? It'd be great for today. It would be great <laughs> if we could extend Rizel Iglesias. And today so, is a great day to extend Rizel. <laughs> every time that, that that statement is there. So um, that's the question I'm going to lay before you. Then, okay, so do you extend him or do you not extend him? Uh, right now you have the opportunity to bring him back for the next couple of years without any interference from other teams because he's under contract with you now. So I say, yes, extend him before the end of the season. You don't want him going to free agency. You don't want to give him a qualifying offer. You don't want to do any of that. You want to lock somebody like Rysel Iglesias down who just got another save by the way on Tuesday night against, uh, the, or actually, no, he didn't get a save, but he carved up the ninth inning because they, they had such a big lead, but at the same time, he's just, it's more of what he does well. And it's, it's carving up hitters, striking them out, getting them to pop up. And you can't let somebody like that walk. We haven't had a solid closer since Houston street, which was 2015 is the last time he was with us. And I look at some of these guys that you mentioned, Austin Warren, Andrew wants, Jose Marte, Jose Marte can throw some heat. I think he, Mm -hmm. I think the concern there is control but I think that he'll be able to throw some heat. Once, uh, I think he's he's getting his first taste of the big leagues, and, and he's shown that he has great potential. I think he's still got some some struggles to work out. Austin Warren has been locking it down since he came up. He has been super solid and super fun to watch. And you're right. I think with the acquisitions of somebody like Sam Selman, who's already contributed to the team, Sam Bachman, who was our number one pick, is going to make a huge splash next season. So there is a lot to look forward to in 2022 when it comes to this bullpen, but the centerpiece has to be Rysel Iglesias. You build around him in the same way that you would build a team around like a Mike Trout. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. So I would say extend him. Now I did some research just to kind of get an idea of what it is that you would give somebody like a Rysel Iglesias. So here's some comparisons and then you tell me what years and numbers you would give Rysel. So there's, uh, Chapman in New York for the New York Yankees. Uh, mm-hmm. He's currently signed to a three-year, forty-eight million dollar deal. Okay. Uh, there's Adam Adovino, who uh, we don't like. He's a jerk, but <laughs> he signed with the Red Sox, three years, twenty-seven million. Got and it. then Presley with the Astros. He's a younger guy, but he signed for two years, seventeen point five million. Okay. So the numbers are 
are large in the contract, but for as, as far as years is concerned, they seem to be a little bit lower. And I would say that when it comes to a closer, this role particularly on each team, this kind of feels like the running back in the NFL, right? Yeah. The running back yeah. in the NFL, you don't draft in the first round unless it's like a phenomenal kind of a once-in-a-lifetime player. But it's somebody that you take second, third round, and then you, you sign them for maybe three, four years, and yeah. then after you're done, you're done. Like you don't want to keep you don't want to keep them. Like Frank right. Gore, who played for the Niners for years, he's an anomaly. Oh, yeah. That guy is that guy played for like 96 years. Like he <laughs> and he and he ran really strong. But right. uh, Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer, like he retired early, but he was one of those anomalies. Like you don't have too many of those running backs, and I think closers are the same. So yeah. John, what, how many years and what sort of number? financial money-wise, would you connect to Rizel Iglesias? I'm looking at these numbers you gave me, and at the time of his contract, Aroldis Chapman was the best closer in the league. Yeah, right. And of course the Yankees are going to give him, you know, they're going to back up the money truck and, and dump it on his doorstep. Yeah. So um, so that makes sense. Three years, $48 million. Ottavino got three years, 27 Ryan Presley, two years, 17 and a half. Uh, here's the thing, Mike. Rysel has only made a case for himself to make more money uh, after this season Agreed. because of how well he's done with uh, the Angels. I think he's making $9 million okay. this season. I think that's what was left on his contract for this remaining year that he had with the Reds. I'm going to say on the low end, three years, $30 million. Okay. And so $10 million a year? Yeah, $10 million a year, maybe even $12 million hmm. a year for somebody like that. Yeah. I, I think his asking price might be, could even be forty. Yeah, honestly, forty million for a couple of years. Yeah, and maybe he'll he'll come down to about you know thirty two to thirty six. But uh, if I mean, I'm not a GM. Right. I only play one on TV. But <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But 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 three years, thirty million. It would be a a steal. <laughs> I think so. But I could see it going up as high as. 36 yeah. in my eyes. What what about you? What do you think? I agree. I think that he might push more for the years rather than the the amount of money. Okay. Um, I could see him asking for maybe four years. Um, yeah. Just simply because that money's guaranteed. MLB right. contracts, you just can't dump, right? And I think right. the Angels do it. I think you sign him I think they for would. four years if he asks yeah. for it. And, yeah. and they, they have the resources with Pujols not on the books next year. And then Upton goes off the books after next year. And mm-hmm. perhaps they sign Shohei to some sort of big contract, which is a conversation we should have next week. Like, what kind of contract right. would you give Shohei? But sure. I think that you at least sign him for three years, possibly give him a fourth year, maybe a fourth year option. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's $15 million or it's $20 million, right? Depending on how well he does. And it could yeah. be a mutual option that you both have to pick up. So I would say three years... The 30, 35, maybe even $40 million range would make sense to me, and I would actually be really thrilled with that signing. Yeah, I think with with the amount of years, you're taking the risk of, you know, in year three and possibly year four, not going to be as effective yes. as he was this season or, or the next two. Yeah. But that's a risk that you take when you're in a mode like the Angels are, where you have a lot of hope for 2022, you have a lot of uh, potential to make the playoffs and you need somebody to lock down the back end of that bullpen because we haven't had it in six years. Right. And so it's, it's finally time to, to shore that up, make that happen. Come on, Perry. It's on you. Lock it in, baby. Lock it in. (laughs) 
Now, Mike, there's been a conversation floating around Twitter that uh, I wanted to bring to you yeah. because this happened over the weekend. Um, I I was visiting my my in laws, so I didn't get to spend a lot of time watching uh, Angels baseball, but I just kind of kept up with the scores and saw how sad our uh, offensive output was. <laughs> yeah, but there was a situation where the bases were loaded, two out, uh, no one out. David Fletcher came to the plate and he grounded into a double play. And for some reason, that was the uh, I'm going to use my word of the day calendar here. Okay, that was the precipice for <laughs> a divided Angels Twitter saying. That David Fletcher, is he a good offensive hitter or is he not? Huh. And, and so that was the the conversation happening. So I pulled up some stats. Okay. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. Currently, uh, not counting Tuesday night's game, David Fletcher is 297 batting average. He's got a 329 on base percentage and a uh, 695 on base plus slugging percentage. He is 15th in average in all of MLB. He has actually been dancing for first place in terms of most hits in the league wow. with, with Adam Frazier. So he's between second and first. And he ranks 88th in on-base percentage, um, 117th in on-base plus slugging. He only has 46 strikeouts, so he is actually number 295 on the list wow. of, of strikeouts. Wow. With number one being the most. 23 walks, so that's that ranks him 219th. And a lot of this conversation is centered around the fact that his weighted runs created plus sits at 93, where an average is 100. What? <laughs> <laughs> that the, People are looking at like the sabermetric stats and, and trying to figure out, is he a good offensive hitter? Now, okay. I, I don't think there's any question about between his offense and his defense, yeah. he is a, a complete MLB star. He's he's carrying this team. Right. But but with situational hitting and maybe not walking as much as he has in the past, there's a question of, you know, could his on-base percentage be better? Could he have more RBIs? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm confused as to why this is a conversation, but I wanted to bring it to you. What do you think? I think it's the most ridiculous conversation in the world, and here's why. <laughs> you throw out all of the stats that you threw out, and there's some yeah. good stats there. David Fletcher is a good offensive player because he makes things happen on the base path. Mm, and, okay. And and here's, here's the thing. Like, he makes pitchers nervous. He makes managers have to manage, and it's the runners in scoring position that has mm-hmm. been the most impressive stat, and I think that that might be why – Angel's Twitter went nuts because he didn't come through with the bases loaded. And (laughs) he has come through in those moments prior to that. And so he moves players over. He, he goes to right field. He goes to left field. He's a guy that they don't shift on. And if they don't shift on you, that means that they are giving you a lot of respect and they're playing you straight up. And so, yeah, they don't know which way you're going to hit it. Absolutely. And I think that that is an indicator that he is a really great offensive player. He is moving the runners over. He's getting hits when necessary. And sure, would I like to see him walk more? Absolutely. But I think he makes up for it in the fact that he doesn't strike out. And he's making contact. And you'll you'll hear it over and over and over again. And it might be an old school, traditional MLB perspective than it is a new school money ball perspective. But you make contact, something's going to happen, right? You make contact... And the ball could drop in. And we have seen what happens with Fletch when he makes contra- contact. That ball drops in. He gets 
he gets a hit past the mound or, or even just a little dribbler down the line and he's on base mm-hmm. and he's making things happen. And so I think this is a ridiculous conversation that people are having because he is a great offensive player and he is somebody who can hit leadoff, second, clean up, or even hitting ninth. And he's going to be powerful and effective for our team. So get out of here with that garbage. <laughs> Let's set the record straight right now. David Fletcher is a good offensive player. Hitter. Stamp it, double stamp it, no erases. <laughs> you can't triple stamp with double stamp. <laughs> Listen, you explained it beautifully because there are things about David Fletcher that you can't quantify, yeah. and that's making movement on the base paths and fouling off a ton of pitches, even though you might not get the outcome of the at-bat. Maybe he still pops out, but he's made that pitcher throw 12 pitches right. in a single at-bat. Right. But then... Let's not gloss over the fact that the man had a 26-game hit streak earlier this season. (laughs) Yeah. And throughout that entire time, with runners in scoring position, he hit in a ton of RBIs. Now, listen, I I pulled up some more stats, and um, when you look at his on-base percentage, it was 350 in 2019. He's sitting at 329 right now, so it's not that far off. No, He had... Uh, 55 walks in 2019, and he's got 23 this season. So yeah, the walks might be down a little bit. Sure, but but the thing is, he's got 40 RBIs now when he had 49 in 2019. And I keep referring to 2019 because that's the season where he really dazzled us and impressed yeah. us, and we were like, oh, he's the second baseman of the future. This is great. Yeah, and and plus it's the last full season that we had. So I I think that everything you said was exactly right. I don't think that you can quantify. David Fletcher in metrics or or analytics and and sit down nerds. Right. Well, and I think, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love I love data and analytics, but sit down nerds. <laughs> I, I think that w- the thing that you you pointed out was the on base percentage and his walks. Like, yeah, sure, of course his on base percentage is higher because he's batting in a lineup in 2019 with Mike Trout, yeah, and Albert Pujols and a healthy Justin Upton and all of those things. Right. And so yeah. His job is to get on base at that point, but not this year. His job yeah. was to make things happen because it was him and Shohei and Jared Walsh, and that was it, right? Right, and and you bring up an interesting point, and, and I was actually having this conversation with Daniel from, from Halo's Haven and, and All Angels Podcast. We were talking about this very thing, and, and I said, David Fletcher is playing in a role that he is not meant for. Right. He's he's batting behind Shohei as protection for Shohei, yeah. <laughs> and Sh- David Fletcher is a great hitter and he gets inside pitchers' heads, but he's not Mike Trout. He's not Jared Walsh. He's not Anthony Rendon. Yeah. He's not those guys who are going to protect Shohei from getting, uh, from being dodged and and getting walked and getting intentionally walked and put on base so they don't have to pitch to him. David Fletcher is playing in a role that he is not that style of of player. Yeah. He's a guy who can lead off. He's a guy who can bat ninth and be your your second leadoff guy. But I, I, to, to he has been put in a position where he has to be counted on for offense yeah. because everybody's hurt. Right. We have we have such glaring holes in our in our lineup that Fletcher has to play in a role that he's not meant for or built for. He's he's David Eckstein. He's Adam Kennedy. Yeah. He's 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 that kind of player. He's he's uh, uh, Sean Figgins. You right. know, he's that kind of player. And those guys were surrounded by by cleanup guys and heavy hitters. And and in a full Angels lineup, this is not the role that David Fletcher is meant. David Fletcher 
is meant to have. Are we just looking for things to talk about, Angel Twitter? Like, are, seriously? Right. Like, it's been a tough year, and what are we going to do? Eat our young now? Like, let's stop this. Let's not do this. Let's be kind. Let's be gracious. Let's get, be compassionate. And let's be thankful for David Fletcher. Come on. Let's be right. thankful for Absolutely. David Fletcher. Let's everybody you, calm Fletch. down. Thank all right? you, Fletch. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yes. Next next Fletch song is is Thank You, Fletch. And I'm going to set the record straight. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> We're creeping towards the end of the season, John. And so let's play a quick game, you and I, okay? Okay. Let's play a game called Halo Headlines. Okay. And so what I want to do is, what's the headline going to say at the end of the season about four individuals or, or, or four things? Madden, Trout, Otani, and the Angels as a organization. What's okay. the headline going to say about each of those four topics? Okay. You so play? Uh, yeah. A headline about each of those topics. Yes. We're making yes. the headline up. We're, we're making the headline up. Okay. This is what okay. we anticipate the headline's going to be. Look at the, the, the OC register or the press <laughs> enterprise, right? LA times sports, LA section. times. Here's what it's going to say. So, uh, Madden, Trout, Otani, and the angels, What's the Halo headline at the end of the season? You want to start? Yeah. So we're going to start with Madden. Yeah. My my headline is Joe Maddon. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> Mad Maddon, meaning uh, you you've mentioned this in previous podcasts, and and I think speak our nephew Tyler is a huge Halo fan, and he's brought this up as well. Part of me wonders, and and I'm pretty confident that Joe Madden will come back for the third year of his contract. I think yeah. that he has been working hard on building a culture. Um, at the same time, if if the Angels underperform, and we know that there's a lot of injuries, we know that they've had a lot to deal with, but but sometimes when you look at at underperformance, that is a huge red flag for ownership and management. So I wonder if the headline will talk about Joe Madden coming back next year for his final year. Interesting. Um, but but Tyler, our nephew, mentioned maybe Perry Manassian wants a chance to bring his guys in. Now, I know Madden was an arty move, and that's fine. I think Joe Madden's got the history. He understands the Angels. He's a fan. And for the most part, I, I do like Joe Madden, and I know that there's questionable decisions that he makes sometimes bullpen moves that we get frustrated with, but he has done the most in terms of building a new culture in the angels clubhouse. And I think that's going to be very important moving forward. I think consistency is key um, for these young guys. They need to have the same coaches and the same managers and the same team around them. So I think that's going to be important moving forward. However, I still think that there will be questions um, so my headline for Joe Madden is Joe Mad Done. <laughs> How about you? My headline is going to be best he could with what he had. That's going to be <laughs> it. All right. So I know okay. the English is terrible there, but I think that's going to be the headline. And the reason why I think that's going to be the headline is Joe did the best job he could with the cards he was dealt. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think he'll be back for at least one more year. And I would anticipate that they may even actually add one more year to his contract. So he'll, yeah. have, he'll have two. Possibly. The reason for that is Artie has always been great at honoring past angels and honoring past angel managers and coaches. And so yeah. I can see him coming back. I think he did the best he could with what he had this year, with the injuries and with everything that, that came his way. And if they finish at 500, they will have a better record than they did last year. And then I think it actually gives them a nice building block for 2020. So best he could 
with what he had is going to be the headline for Joe Madden after this season. I like it. I like it. All right. Tell me your Trout headline at the end of the season, Michael. Okay. Who is he? Mike Trout or Albert Pujols? Oh, what? (laughs) I think that the, the tension that people are going to feel and the articles that we're going to be reading about is, will we see Mike Trout or will we see an aging player like an Albert Pujols in 2022? Oh. You, 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 am I off the podcast again? <laughs> stunned, ah, dang it. stunned silence over stunned here. Stunned silence. And I think that that's going to be the conversation. I think that the conversation is going to be about his health. I think you've made some really great points in the past podcast that a lot of his injuries have not been because he's gotten old. It's been because he's playing really hard. Yeah. This is the first kind of you're getting old injury in the calf. <laughs> yeah, but sure. I think that there's going to be this tension in the offseason with a lot of the riders going, are we going to see that guy? Or is he kind of in the downturn of his career like Albert was when he hit 30? And so I, I don't think so. I think that we're going to see Mike Trout come back. I think that he's going to recover really well and he's going to be an incredible player. But I think that that's going to be the headline for the offseason is who is he? Is he Trout or is he Albert Pujols? Is he going to be this great player continually or is he actually on the decline now because of these injuries? That's that's fair. You uh, you shocked me with the headline, but I but that's to be expected these days. It's 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 everything's clickbait. So absolutely. You, that's what I'm thinking. You did a- you did a great job with the clickbait. I want people there. to click on it, and then I want them to read the first sentence, and then I want them to see that it says, "If you just pay one dollar for, <laughs> <laughs> got to support journalism, man. Yes. Come on, yeah." Uh, okay, so my trout headline, Michael. By is... the way, I just click out of those articles when they ask me to pay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, can I have your login? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. My end of the season Halo headline about Mike Trout will be put a ring on it. I'm going to channel Beyonce and say, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Yes. And if the angels want to cement the legacy of Mike Trout as one of the all time greatest angels, if not the all time greatest angel, you got to put a ring on it. Okay. You got to make that promise. You got to get him to the world series. I don't care what it takes. It's time. You have the young talent around him. You could easily get the supplemental pieces you need to have a strong team with with the Pujols money coming off the books. Now is the time. Put a ring on it, Angels. Yeah, yeah. Because now you don't have any excuses. (laughs) Right. That's good. I like that. Okay, so Shohei Otani, what's going to be the headline for Shohei in the offseason? Go, John. Uh, I'm going to call mine a Showtime double feature. Ooh. And and that headline means will we see Shohei do it again next season? Will he be able to pitch as much as he has? Will he be among the best hitters in the league? Will he be in the home run race again? These are all questions that I think all of us are going to be asking going into next season. Honestly, if if he doesn't match the heights of this season but is still hitting those, uh, getting close to those marks and still being a productive player. This is the best season he's ever had. Yeah. But I wonder if people will wonder if he'll peak or if he can get even better than he is now. And, and, and the reason why I say this is because it felt like every year for a while, all we ever said about Mike Trout was, this is the best season he's ever going to have. <laughs> this is the best right. season he's ever going to have. And, and even into this year, the hottest start he's ever had in his career 10 years in. Right. And unfortunate injuries put him on the shelf. 
But I think that we would have seen something spectacular out of Mike Trout this Agreed. season had it not been for the calf issue. And I think people are going to be asking the same question. Can Shohei do this again? And and if he does, he will cement his legacy better than Babe Ruth, Yeah, honestly. Oh, That's absolutely. I absolutely. I think that the headline's going to read, lock him up long term. Lock him up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I yes. think that that's going to be the discussion. And, and I think that the angels need to sign him this off season to a long-term deal. And I won't talk numbers. Get done now? I won't talk numbers. I won't talk details. Cause I think we should save that for next week, but okay. I, I think they should lock him up and I think that they should do it right now. And, and I think that right now would be a wise decision because they probably could get him at a lower price than a higher price. But, I think that that's going to be the discussion in the offseason because he'll go into next year with one one year left on his contract. I think it's the $5 million contract. He had $3 million this year. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I would say that that's going to be the discussion in the offseason is lock him up long-term. I like that. Um, so the last headline we have will be about the Angels team themselves. Yep. So what will the headline read? About the Angels, Mike. I think it's going to be full of potential, lacking in performance. I Ooh. think the main headline will be, what if? I think that's really going to be the question. Yeah, what yeah. if? What could be? What if everybody was healthy? All of those questions, all of those things. And so what it'll do is it'll drive us Halo fans crazy because we're <laughs> going to go, man, if they're healthy in 2022, here's the potential. Here's what it could be. I can't wait. And we're going to go nuts in the offseason because right. we're going to be counting down the days until pitchers and catchers report in February. Uh, I like that. But just know, Angel fans out there listening to the pod, uh, Mike and I will be with you through the offseason. Yes, so we will. plan to stick around with the Super Halo Brothers this offseason because we are going to be sticking around for you. Uh, my headline for the Angels is look to 2022 i like alliteration to 2022 (laughs) um because again like we've already covered there's so much potential for next year and we have the talent ready to go we have guys like joe adele and brandon marsh who who deserve to be on that major league team we got trout coming back rendon coming back and and a full season of a fully healthy team is going to be something to be excited about. So absolutely. I think you're right in the sense that we're going to play a lot of what if games. Um, What if trout stayed healthy? What if Rendon didn't go on the IL three times? (laughs) We're going to play a lot of those games. What if barf and Bundy didn't barf up his pitching career? You know, (laughs) there's going to be a lot of what ifs. And I think that's going to make 2022 all the more important. Yep. And so it's time to it's time to move on. Like I said, we pulled the plug yeah. on, on this season. Yeah. And we look to 2022. Yeah. So. Okay. So we have we have two important things that we need to discuss. One of them is is hard and heavy. <laughs> the other one is is sad. And so, but I think it's important for us to at least talk about it. First, yeah. LA Times uh, had an article about Eric K. He was the guy that got arrested and it's been discovered that he has been supplying uh, prescription drugs mm-hmm. to players and approximately seven players on the Angels he was supplying drugs mm. to. And it sounded like maybe Tyler Skaggs was a part of that whole mm-hmm. process and actually helping him. And then as I read the article, I got more angry because yeah. it sounds like Eric has struggled with addiction yeah. since they hired him. 
and right. that they've taken some steps, but there really hasn't been many steps that were taken. And right. he was given full access to the team. And so as I read the article, I just got I, I just got mad and I and I was heartbroken. One, because the Skaggs family must be just completely devastated. One, because right. Tyler's not here. But right. two, now all of these details are coming out. And I don't want to sour the legacy of Tyler Skaggs at all, but when these details come out, man, it just feels like he he was a participant in some of this terrible behavior, right? Which is what addicts do. Like addicts are yeah. connected to this stuff, right? And right. so Tyler is not what he struggled with. Tyler is a, a, a valuable human being, but it just made me sad. It made me angry. And I think the part that made me angry was just for how long it took for them to discover this and, and what it took for them to discover this, like right. the death of a really significant player, it opened their eyes to the unhealth that was happening in the organization. At least so they say right. what you read in the article is that a couple of people were aware of it and really didn't do much about it. And so John, my question to you is, is how do you clean this up? If you're Perry Manassian coming in, or if you're Artie Moreno, what do you do as the owner? What do you do as the general manager? What's your decision to clean this up and make this right? I think that we have seen enough of the angels kind of dancing around the situation with official statements that get posted on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, John Carpino and Perry Manassian kind of lightly addressing it. I think what you got to do is is the Angels at some point are going to have to address this head on and maybe it'll be addressed when it goes to trial but I think that you need Perry out there. I think that you need John Carpino out there and I think you need Artie out there in some sort of press conference and some sort of 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 statement. I I don't think they can keep hiding behind yeah. you know graphics and 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 statements like that. The other thing is Mike that's really frustrating is for somebody who worked at the Angels for over 20 years and apparently had been in rehab during his tenure with the Angels. Right. And that's great. They're trying to help him find the help that he needs and, and everything like that. But for for that to not be the payoff where in the sense that he's getting the help that he needs and then he's actually moving past his problem, like he, he's continually had this problem. Yeah. And 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 for tw to be with an organization 20 years, somebody has to know his addictions oh, sure. and his struggles. Sure. And a lot of people are pointing to Tim Mead that he, you know, was, was there in the hospital with him at one point when he overdosed. And it's so frustrating because you read the details of these, uh, of the articles. And like you mentioned, you get angry and you get angry because addicts will involve other addicts and they will involve other people in what they're doing. So they're not, not alone yeah. in it. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, Tyler Skaggs got wrapped up in this one addict brought in Tyler and and Tyler became an addict and obviously had his issues and and which I'm sure again stemmed from painkillers and neat and having to go through Tommy John surgery and having to go through everything that he went through um, when he was coming up and, and getting injured. And it's frustrating because like addicts will bring other people into their habits um, reading the details about trading memorabilia for drugs, trading tickets yeah. for drugs. It's just so it's so frustrating and I, I love the Angels. Don't yep. get me wrong. Yep. I love this team. I've always loved this team. 
but it's it's really pathetic at the end of the day for something like this to go on for so long. Like, man, what what is the deal with this ownership and what's the deal with the responsibility and the accountability and the lack thereof in this organization? So again, I think you go back to look at the leadership of, of this team and this organization and they have to be the ones speaking out about this. No more yeah. no more hiding behind press statements and 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 social media guys like like you got to be out in front with this. It sucks for somebody like Perry who wasn't even part of this situation right. and but, now he's got to clean it up. Yeah, and now he's got to <laughs> clean it up just like he just like he's done with our our drafting and <laughs> yeah. and selection. So Yeah. What makes it difficult is I get that there's a legal side to this and you have lawyers involved and I'm sure that the lawyers are helping them craft statements that doesn't help them to be very clear. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Right. Because they, they can't own stuff. They probably can't really say certain things because there is going to be a trial. There is, I think people are suing people and, and, and so I get why there's some of this ambiguity, but that's the, that's the frustrating part is that they right. can't, they can't attack this head on. It's always a, we regret that this took place and we are working to make sure that our future is not going to be like our past. That's typically what those statements are about. And gosh, I just, I just want, I want clarity. And I think that there needs to be a clean sweep. I think you give Perry full access, clean sweep. Let's bring in some new people, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure that, I'm sure that Eric K wasn't the only one that was really involved in some of this stuff. I'm Sure. sure other people knew. And, and so it's just a mess. And then to read that, the the prescription drugs that Tyler Skaggs took the night that he died actually was laced with some th- synthetic or something like that yeah, on it. Fentanyl. Fentanyl, that's what it was. And that stuff is so dangerous. And Eric K, actually, there's emails and text messages to clarify, like, I'm not getting this, I'm getting that, right? And so Tyler Skaggs was really a guinea pig. He was really, like, yeah. the, the, the one that had to beta test it, unfortunately. And that is just right. a terrible way to talk about it. But that's that's what ended up taking his life was that he didn't get what he actually thought he was getting. And it's just so unfortunate. It's so heartbreaking. It's so frustrating. And so I do hope that they can clean this up and I'm up for like, clean them all out and start fresh. Yeah, for right? real. Clean them all out, start <laughs> fresh. And let's, let's do this. Let's do this better next time. The, the, yeah. the other, the other thing that was really heartbreaking and this, this one's more just heartbreaking because it's a loss of a really great person. But James Allen, the producer of the Sports Lodge, yeah, uh, he passed away. I love that uh, Roger Lodge called him the producer to the stars, James producer Allen. Producer of the stars, James Allen. And he he just seemed like he was <laughs> dearly loved by the players and yeah. dearly loved by the organization. And he leaves behind a wife and kids. And I, I've listened to Roger on AM830 here in Southern California. And James Allen would jump on there. And I hadn't heard him in a while and it sounds yeah. like maybe it was covid that he actually contracted yeah. and it just ended up he couldn't beat it but super sad and so uh, it was such a bummer I, I'm, I'm thankful for those that helped bring angel information and angel entertainment to right. us and so we we felt like it was important to at least take a moment to honor james allen and just say thank you for his contribution to halo nation yeah, and and as a fan who's who's called into the show years ago and able <laughs> yes. to like you know you you talk to James before you get on the air because right. he says hey what do you want to talk about and yeah. so it's just a small thing but it is cool to feel like you know him right yeah yeah especially when he would come on the air with Roger and I and I know that you know some people think Roger is is cheesy or corny but like that's that's a and thing he is. Like, and, and he that, is and, and he, that sells right <laughs> and he brings he brings the energy and the passion that I think a lot of us are, are lacking sometimes. Yeah. And, and James Allen was part of that. So yep. 
um, you know, our, our best and our, our prayers and thoughts go out to the Allen family and, yeah. and, and the rest of the angels organization who work closely with him. So yeah, yeah heavy stuff here at the end of the episode. Um, but we can wrap things up with our play by play announcer. Standings. More, more heavy information, more heavy stuff. <laughs> uh, where do we stand in terms of our play by play announcers and their win loss records, Michael? Okay. So Maddie V your boy is yeah. 19 and 25. He's on a pretty good win streak. So he's on a win streak, which is great. Uh, former announcer, Darren Sutton, 23 or sorry, 29 and 23. Still the only winningest announcer right. on, on the list. That's the guy that we fire. <laughs> great. Uh, Rich Waltz is 12 and 15. Okay. So he's hovering around 500. Jose Moda is uh, two and one. One random fuck Saturday game, one and oh, which brings the Angels record to 63 and 64 and if they were going to reach 91 wins so that they can maybe potentially make one of the wild card spots if they're going to if they're going to get there check that hope michael you check that hope at the door (laughs) (laughs) that's right sorry they're not going to get there because they're going to have to go 28 and 7 in the next 35 games which are the remaining games of the season so a 28 and 7 run is Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, remember when we had the same record as the Yankees? Yeah. And now they're in the wild card hunt, and we are not? (laughs) Yeah. And remember when they traded for Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, and uh, they have Giancarlo Stanton, and they have uh, an incredible team, and shut up. Stop bringing that up. (laughs) They got the Heen Dog. Heen Dog. What if if Heeney gets a World Series ring this year? Yeah, that would be, isn't it ironic? Classic <laughs> Angels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. With his 5-7-8 well, ERA. Right. <laughs> Andrew Haney is the winner of this game, 14-11. <laughs> game 7, 14-11. Well, yeah. look, uh, not to inspire any hope, because we've already pulled the plug on the yep. season, but but it was it was fun to watch uh, Tuesday night and, and see the Angels kind of pile on. But it yes. wouldn't be an Angel game if there wasn't a worry about them holding the lead because I was nervous <laughs> it got close again after they, they yeah. ran out to a double digit lead and suddenly yeah. it's, it's 14 to eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I made a joke that said, watch this game get close enough to where they have to bring out rice. Iglesias. And, and sure enough, he, he pitched the ninth. It wasn't a save situation, so he didn't have to pitch the ninth, but he had to pitch the ninth because nobody else could do it. <laughs> just to hold it together. Yep. Yeah. Just to, yep. just to ensure we get the six run win. <laughs> wow. Hold the, hold the six run lead. Wow. Oh boy. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode. We really appreciate it. It's always fun hanging out with you and messaging and chatting with you on, on social media. So again, find us at super halo bros on Twitter and Instagram. We really appreciate your comments and your interactions uh, what do you say, Mike? I say I'm giving up hope. That's what I say. <laughs> Pull the plug on those playoff hopes. <laughs> I just, you told me. I, I gotta, I gotta let it go. Keep it in check. <laughs> yeah. Keep it in line. Yeah. Uh, well, again, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will see you right here next week for another edition of the Super Halo Bros. Until next time, my name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. And we will see you next week. Next week.